This is the Bible in the News brought to you this week by Paul Billington. While many of us are wondering how far the current Middle East war might spread, Britain's Tony Blair pressed a few buttons in a speech given in Los Angeles this week. He connected to the Middle East crisis, to the Israeli-Palestinian issue, and to the much wider issue of Islamic fundamentalism versus democracy. Mr Blair pressed a few sensitive buttons, and some of them were right, while others were decidedly off the mark and unworkable. He had adopted a position which many will see as pro-Israel and in line with President Bush's fight terrorism with democracy policy. Terrorism, says the British Prime Minister, is based on religious extremism. That is the fact, he says, and not any religious extremism, but a specifically Muslim version. This extremism, says Blair, seeks to prevent Palestine living side by side with Israel. And we would have to say that he is correct in that statement. As he said, the religious fanatics are not merely fighting for the coming into being of a Palestinian state, but for the going out of being of an Israeli state. What we are seeing, says Mr Blair, is a global fight about global values. It is clear from his remarks that, in the short term, the war on Islamic militant ideology, that's the war on terror, is not being won by the Western democracies. He sees hope in the long term, but for now the world is facing a crisis which is splitting the whole Middle East. Iraq is heading for civil war, say two United States senior generals at the Pentagon, and the whole Arab world could soon be dragged in as moderates like King Abdullah of Jordan warn that the Israel's war in Lebanon is weakening them. We have commented in the past, both in this program as well as in the Bible magazine, volume 11, issue number 4, page 16, if you want to check it out, where we show a map uh, that shows the, a divided Muslim world. And we're reproducing this map in the print edition of the Bible in the News. That was published in the summer of 1998, that is eight years ago. In that editorial we wrote as follows. What scripture does tell us, however, is that the Arab world as we know it today will become divided. Some Arab nations will come under the influence and guardianship of Ezekiel's Gog, Ezekiel 38 verse 5, while others will be grouped with the trading powers associated with Tarshish, 38 verse 13. This is not new insight gained recently. It is a situation that has been expected for well over a century. In the geographical terminology of 1849, John Thomas described the territory to be controlled by Gog as Assyria proper, Persia, Asia Minor, Armenia and Mesopotamia, etc. That was in Elpis, Israel. To this is added Libya and Ethiopia or northern Africa. This picture, taken largely from Ezekiel's prophecy, is supplemented by Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 to 43. That is what we wrote eight years ago. So this situation has been foreseen for a long time. Last March, when visiting Israel, we spoke with a Jewish settler in the West Bank. Nia Lavi is a Bible Old Testament believer who lives on Mount Gerizim, and he told us of the crisis that he then saw as developing for Israel. The, the worst case that uh, will come 
in Israel will be a war with the Palestinian state or maybe with several other uh, pa uh, Arab states because of interacting in a war crisis. If we will have our back to the, to the wall, I guess then we'll have to open up a war. But until our back won't be to the wall, the land of Israel is not looking for wars. We know that the Russians are with the Hamas. We know that there's a lot of weapons coming in from the Gaza Strip all the time, from Egypt to the, to the Gaza Strip, to the freed Gaza Strip. There's no uh, United Nations over there uh, overlooking uh, what's happening there. Even from Hebron, I think it was on the Hamas day that they won the elections. They, were, they fled out of there, the, 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 the overlooking people that were living there. Uh, the world is coming to, to a crisis. The Iranian, uh, the Iranian uh, uh, are, are, are being nuclear, becoming nuclear uh, weaponed and, and going to a phase that they can't go back from. They're enriching the uranium. Everybody knows about it. Uh, uh, the Iranian uh, president, Ahmad Jabad, said already several times about the land of Israel and about the Zionists uh, and about the Holocaust. We recognize and we know Haman or Amalek when we see one. We know that. But God is in control, of course. As believers, we know that God is in control. And what we know is that the land of Israel is called Eretz Hefetz, the land that will be higher and held higher than all the other nations, than all the other lands. And if something occurs in the world around, in Israel there will be like a place, a bunker, to come and to be and to be quiet. The, the opposite of what people think. That is, here it's like a, a barrel of explosives inside the Middle East. But it's really in our neighbor in our neighbor's land, all of our neighbor's land, uh, the Arabs that are uh, around us. But Israel is, is a, a peace-seeking nation. Everybody recognizes it. Everybody knows it. Uh, we have a problem of the Palestinian state, but still, we let them be Palestinian state. And if they will not act as they were supposed to act, then they will become... Immigrants. Well, the crisis has come and Israel is at war, as we all know. What first began with an incident in Gaza has spread so that now Israel is calling up reservists and making its way into Lebanon. Whatever course this war now takes, it is becoming clear that the after effects look like changing the Middle East. For one thing, it is difficult to see how the plan to withdraw from the West Bank can just go ahead. However determined Olmert and his ruling Kadima party might be, there is now less logic than ever to such a move. Unilateral withdrawal by Israel from Lebanon in 2000 merely provided an opportunity for terrorists to prepare themselves for war. Disengagement from Gaza did nothing for Israel's security. In fact, it shattered the shaky security that previously existed. There is every reason to think that withdrawal from the West Bank could have even worse effects. After all, this is the area that has produced most suicide bombers who have gone forth from there to kill and maim people of Israel.
Yet world leaders insist upon the idea of a two-state solution, an Israeli state and a Palestinian state living side by side in peace. Most Israelis, of course, would like nothing better. They would do almost anything to have peace. But if you look at the history, you soon find that it has been tried many times before with disastrous results. When Britain took over the Mandate of Palestine after the First World War, it was not long before Jewish-Arab hostility brought them to the idea of a two-state solution. So the territory was divided in two. The smaller, Palestinian, uh, the smaller Palestine, west of the Jordan River, and then Transjordan to the east of that. The violence did not stop. It continued until Britain gave up the mandate, and the United Nations divided up the smaller Palestine west of Jordan in 1947. The Partition Plan, as it was called, was a two-state solution, giving a part to the Arabs and a part to the Jews. But that didn't work either. The Arabs attacked the Jewish homeland and initiated the 1948-49 War of Independence. More recently... When Israel withdrew from Gaza, giving Palestinians an opportunity to begin a small state, it resulted in the terror organization Hamas coming to power, declaring that war against Israel would continue. Again, any idea of two states living side by side in peace was not going to work, and it didn't. Israeli soldiers are now again operating in Gaza in order to fight terrorists and stop them firing Qassams into Israel. Then the situation in Lebanon erupted, with Hezbollah taking over Lebanon and turning it into a terrorist base. If this dream, President Bush once called it his vision, of a two-state solution is pursued and tried with the West Bank, it will be less successful than any of the previous attempts. It simply will not work. And the reason is that Islamic ideology referred to by Tony Blair in his Los Angeles speech. If you think about what he has said, it interprets into saying that there will be no lasting Israeli-Palestinian settlement until the global fight about values is won. So this leads us back to the wider view of the Middle East. Tony Blair has said that there are many reasons for long-term optimism. He said, and I quote, Across the Middle East there is a process of modernization as well as reaction. It is unnoticed, but it is there. In the UAE, that's the United Arab Emirates, in Bahrain, in Kuwait, in Qatar, in Egypt, there is debate about the speed of change, but not about its direction. In Libya and Algeria, there is both greater stability and a greater but significant opening up. Well, that may be over-optimistic in some areas, but compare that remark with our map of eight years ago. This division in the Arab-Islamic world is inevitable. States like Jordan, Saudi Arabia, the Emirates and Egypt will have to fight extremism and fanaticism harder than ever in order to preserve their own sovereignty and power. This division is what the civil war in Iraq is all about, and it is the purpose of the United States and Britain to encourage those moderate states along this road. When Ezekiel 38 is fulfilled, we see from verse 13 that Sheba and Dedan are in alliance with the trading powers of Tarshish, the United States, and Britain, etc. This is also the time when the people gathered out of the nations will be dwelling safely upon the mountains of Israel, 
the West Bank. It suggests that some form of accommodation will have been reached, and that is what we now look for. Sheba and Didan, of course, is Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states. There is the scene laid out before us in the Bible. But how is it achieved? This may be, uh, this may be a puzzle to us right now, but it will all fall into place. Perhaps the present war will move events in that direction. Whether they want it or not, the United States and Britain face a challenge today which is every bit as daunting as the one facing the world in 1939. We hold our breath and we keep our eye on the Bible in the news. Hope to be with you again next week, God willing. Amen.